0: together and how we can do it in a way that glorifies you. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. I want to put some statistics that I found uh, about work up on the screen, and um, they're they're not very positive. They're kind of negative for the most part. But but this is some of the realities of work. Eighty percent of Americans are dissatisfied with their jobs. I, I don't know if it's that high, uh, but. M- In that study, 80% of the people said that. Go to the next one, Brian. The average person spends 99,117 hours of their lifetime at work, and this equals 11.5 years. So 11.5 years of your life for the average person is spent at work. All right, go to the next slide. On average, Americans hold seven to eight different jobs before the age 30. I thought that was high, but um, according to the U.S. Census... 25% of people check into work hourly while on vacation via email or the phone. 59% said that they check their work during traditional holidays like Christmas and Thanksgiving, according to USA Today. And I think that's the last one. But what we see from those stats is obviously that work is something that a lot of us spend a lot of time doing. We don't always have a very positive experience in it, or there's certainly, we could say, things about it that we wish were different, but we all have, or many of us have this role. We have work, or or maybe we're even in college preparing for work, but work is this thing that we think, how does God want me to treat work? What does he want me to do with it? How do I handle it? How do I honor him in it? And the first thing we're going to talk about this morning is why we work. So people were asked, why do you work? And here's the top four answers to that question. Number one, to provide. People work to provide. There's rent, there's a house payment, there's car payment, there's food, junior needs a new pair of shoes, kids need braces, all those things. We totally understand that. It takes money to live. Second reason people said that they worked was to create a sense of identity. The second question that we ask people if we meet them oftentimes is, what do you do for a living? That's kind of a sense of identity. And there are certain jobs on there that sound... better than other jobs, right? I mean, if you're a professional athlete, maybe if you're a doctor, something like that sounds really, you know, like very impressive, and there are other jobs, you know, if you're a sanitation worker or you do something like that, you think, well, I don't really, not really necessarily maybe proud of my job, or we have all this weird way of a pecking order of jobs, but certainly jobs give us a sense of identity. The third reason people said that they worked was to find purpose. People want to do something. They want to make a difference. They want to have a job where they feel like at the end of the day, there's something is different in the world. The world is a better place because of what you do 40 hours a week. And the fourth thing that people said about the reason that they wanted to work was to define success. Many times we look at certain jobs and that defines success. This is a really successful job. Or the people that do this get paid more money than other people do. And there's this certain success that goes with work. And so people tend to want to get jobs that pay higher or that are a little more uh, successful, and it's just something, it's the way our culture works, it's the way our world works. The problem is that when we look at work, go back one more slide, Brian, I'm sorry, when we look at work and say that we do it for those four things— Those four things can be very, very frustrating to us. They don't always bring a lot of fulfillment to work. And when we view work that way, sometimes we're expecting more from work than it's actually going to be able to deliver. And it somehow makes work like this thing that, that we hope it's going to be this certain thing, and when it turns out not to be that all that we hoped it to be, we end up frustrated. And when you open up your Bible and you ask what the original reason for work is, when we're going to look here in just a moment, we'll we'll not see any of those four things up there. They will not show up when God says why he created work. So the first thing I want you to know today is it is God who created work. He is the first person who created it. And we will never understand our purpose at work until we understand the purpose of work. And so we're going to look at several different passages today, three in the book of Genesis and one in the book of Ephesians. They're going to help us understand there. And hopefully we can tear down some of the misconceptions of work. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3. I want to encourage you to turn that in your Bibles, your phone, or your tablet. If you look that way, we're going to look at a couple of verses that give us a plan, an idea of God's plan For work. So we're in Genesis chapter 3. This is after the fall. This is after Adam and Eve were tempted by the serpent, took the fruit and ate it. And this is God speaking to them. And this is what he says Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. And to the man, God said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All of your life, All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it and it will grow thorns and thistles for you. Even if you don't believe the Bible, even if you're not sure about this whole Jesus Christianity thing, you would agree with me that work is difficult. That we go to work, work is not easy, work is hard, work takes sweat, work takes toil, work is not always fun, work is dirty, work can be frustrating. But notice that God didn't say in those, those verses that the work is cursed. He said that the ground was cursed. Never that the work was cursed, but the ground. That, that the situation around work would, would be difficult. Because that isn't the first case of work in the Bible. There were actually two others. If you're at the book of Genesis, turn over to chapter 2 now. Let's look at verse 15. This is before the fall. This is before the serpent, before they, they ate the fruit. It says, the Lord placed the man in the garden to tend and watch over it. Now, as Pam has told us, gardening is not an easy thing to do, as she spent a summer doing. But it's interesting to see here that God gave Adam the job of tending the garden before sin, before the fall, when everything was still perfect, work had already been created. The curse wasn't work. Work had already been created. The conditions of work and the difficulty of work became the curse. And my dad, growing up, had a garden. And um, I would never understand. We always raised things in the garden. And he always thought it was great for me and my brother to go out and uh, participate in the garden. Even though we weren't big vegetable eaters in the garden. And and then my dad would always get, he would always get seeds on sale, like eggplant. He would just, you know, get a pound of eggplant seeds. And so we'd plant like eight rows of eggplant, which... I don't know why we planted so much. So we would have eggplants like we didn't know what to do with all the eggplants. We were giving them away, making different things out of the eggplants. Uh, but to my dad, that was all, yeah, he, he loved doing that. To me and my brother, it was the curse of work, having to go out there and uh, dig potatoes, or he'd have us pick beans and then snap beans, just anything around the garden. I, I really didn't like, and I felt this whole, like, work is a curse. This is not what I want to do, dad. I don't like doing this. But God created work and it was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing before sin was entered into the world. And then in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, we read a verse that talks about God working. It says, "Then God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was very good." Maybe you've never thought about work that way. But but work is not this this horrible curse. It wasn't cursed because we sinned. It it was created by God to be something that we should all experience. And then after the fall, it became a thing that God said, now it's going to be much more difficult because sin has entered the world. So there's still hope, though, to experience God's original blessing of work. I want you to turn now to the book of Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look at a verse there for the rest of our time today. And we're going to look at what is God's plan for you and me for work? And we find God's original purpose for work in the plan in Colossians chapter three, verse 23, small little verse, but there's four important components of work and faith in this verse. And here's what it says. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So the four components that we see in that verse, the first is a great attitude. Paul is writing this to Christians living in a city of Colossae, and he says, work willingly. Go to the next slide for us, Brian. You're to have a great attitude. As a follower of Jesus, when you work, you are to have a great attitude. In the NIV version, it says to work at it with all your heart. In the New Century version, it says work the best you you can. But someone once said that your attitude is a paintbrush. And so the question becomes, what are you painting with your attitude? And there are a lot of things about your job that you probably cannot control. You cannot control always who you work with. You can't control where your office is. You may not control with old equipment that you have to work with or different facets about your job, the location, the cubicle, all those things. You may not be able to control any of those things about your work, but all of us can control our attitude. And Paul says, as a follower of Christ, you are, are to work willingly, and your attitude is to reflect that of Jesus. You've commanded by Scripture to work willingly and have a good attitude. That's the first component that we see. The second is a personal calling that we see in this passage. He says, work willingly at whatever you do. This means that you are working for God no matter what you do, whatever your role is. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary. Whatever your job is, ultimately you are getting a paycheck, but you are working for God. You are working for your heavenly father. You are representing him. Now, as I've grown up, I'm 45 years old now. I've mowed yards, I've um, worked at a drugstore as a clerk, when I was in college I worked in the college mailroom, I once was a driving instructor for teenagers, I've owned a photography business in my life, plus I've been a pastor. But none of those roles are any more or less important in the kingdom of God. All of them are important. Martin Luther King once said this. Well, as Martin Luther King Jr. Look at this quote. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Your calling is wherever God has placed you. Whatever job he's given you at this stage and this point in your life and you are to do it well at whatever you do. The fourth component of work that we see in that verse is that we have a heavenly supervisor. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord. Paul says that we ultimately work for God. So the application is when we cut corners, it reflects back on our Savior. When we're lazy, it reflects back on our Heavenly Father. When we make a deal that lacks integrity, it reflects back on the one who we profess to be God. When we spend too much time at work and neglect our spouse and our kids, it also reflects back on God. So we have a Heavenly Supervisor in everything that we do, no matter what job that we have, most of you in here have probably worked at some point and had a, a really great boss, a boss that you really, really liked. And, and if you're blessed with that, the thing that I have noticed in my personal experience is when you have a boss that you really like, that you think is a great boss, that's very encouraging, you want to do your job well because you feel like your job also reflects upon your boss. I know for me, I thought, I want to do my job well because I want that to reflect on my boss. I want him to be able to look and see that I'm doing a good job. And so all of your motivation or some of your motivation comes and your work level rises because you know that your work reflects back on your boss. When you work for a heavenly boss, but you also have a higher calling You will have an earthly boss, I'm sorry, but you also have a heavenly boss and everything that you do should reflect back on who God is. And just as you want to work well for a boss that you like, who's a good boss, your heavenly father is always looking at everything that we do and when we work and we reflect him. Now the fourth component of that passage says that we have a human audience also when we work. So that work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Paul says ultimately we're working for Christ. Ultimately everything that we do reflects him. So you probably have some people that you work with that you have great relationships with and that you love working with and there's probably people that you work with that you wish worked somewhere else or got... uh, promoted to a different department or whatever the case of it is. But the fact is you are with them and God has put them there and you still work them, still work with them. So here's what I want you to see today is the bottom line of what we're talking about. So if you haven't been paying attention, if you're asleep, if you're tweeting, if you uh, are making reservations for lunch, just stop now. If you get nothing else out, I want you to get this one thing out, what we're seeing. A friend of mine who's the pastor, Jeff Henderson, says this, the purpose of your life at work is to show that God is at work in your life. Now, when you think about that, it totally changes, it totally changes for me the way I look at work. That my purpose at work, my life at work, the whole purpose is to show those around me—co-workers, boss, customers—all of those—that God is at work in my life. That's really my whole purpose. It's really not for a paycheck. You get a paycheck, but it's the, all of those other purposes are kind of ancillary. Now, I have a friend named Dennis who uh, doesn't live here in Bloomington. He lives in a in a different community where I used to live. And the thing that I loved about Dennis—he became a follower of Christ late in his life. He owned his own business. It was just a small little business. But the things that we've talked about today, to me, Dennis always did an amazing job of exuding them. Of the way he treated his customers, of how hard he worked, of all the the ways he didn't make shortcuts, the people he employed, the people he was over, all of those things. He did an amazing job of allowing people to see that the purpose of his life at work was to make sure that people saw that God was at work in his life. And when you understand that that is the purpose of your job, it changes things because it changes your purpose at work. It changes your significance at work. It changes your identity at work. It changes all of those things. Now, what if you feel at work you're, you're underemployed? Let's say you have a job now and you're like, you know what, Dan, the job I have now It is like not what I ultimately want to do. It is just this part-time job. It's this stage of life. It's this thing that I have that I don't really like. I wish I had a better job or I feel like I'm overqualified for this job. The beauty in what we read in Colossians 3.23 is that no job is without hope and that God has put you where he has put you there for a purpose. And he has put you around people for a purpose and you are representing him. So even if it's a job that you don't want to keep for a long time, God has you there for a specific reason and to be his representative. My challenge for you this week as you go into work tomorrow is to try to live Colossians three twenty three out. Try to walk in and, and view work not as just a paycheck, not as just something that you have to do, not as just a chore, <clears throat> but a way that you can look and say the purpose of my life at work is to show people that God is at work in my life. Because I believe that followers of Jesus should be the very best employees. That even if you have a boss that's an atheist, that doesn't go to church, doesn't believe anything about the Bible, he should want to hire people who are followers of Christ because they are the best working people. Because they are honest, they're on time, they're diligent, they work hard, they don't cut corners, and everything about them is at such a level that a boss would say, I don't know if I believe all that stuff, but I love hiring these kind of people who follow Jesus because they are the best employees. There's a guy who works at Sam's here in Bloomington, and me and my son Keaton have uh, noticed him a couple of times, and I don't know what his name is. Uh, He has kind of a menial task job role at Sam's, but um, every time I have a little encounter with him, he always has a big grin on his face, he always greets me, and he always has some kind of little phrase that he throws in there that that makes me pretty sure that he's a follower of Jesus. Like, he's not, he's not out there just witnessing to people, but he always says something small that makes me know that, that he has faith in God. But um, it's funny because Keaton and I will, will see him sometimes, and Keaton will say, hey, there's your friend, and I will see him. And so sometimes I'll, I'll go over by him, and he always just greets me. He always just uh, says hello. He's always very friendly. But the thing about him, and I don't know what his name is, is... When I think about somebody who is living out their work and their faith in, in their job, and that shows that God is at work in their life, I'm like, here's a guy that every time I see him, I think he's doing this. He's doing exactly this thing. And even though his job is not very high on the pecking order at Sam's, whatever they have him doing, his attitude is awesome. He, he's always helping people. He's always friendly. He seems like he gets along with other people. And you can always see that God is at work in his life. Just through the three sentences that he says to me, you can see that God is at work in his life. My goal is that all of us would be the kind of people that others would be able to tell that God is at work in our lives when we're at our job. And I'm not talking about beating people over the head with Bibles. I'm talking about being the kind of employees that would honor God, knowing that we have a heavenly father who watches everything that we do and that we're able to honor him Not only in our private life and in our our family life, but Monday through Friday, if we work eight to five, wherever we are, we can honor God in all that we do. Let me pray for you today. Hey God, I thank you for each person here. And I know in a room like this, we have people that love their jobs. We have people that hate their jobs. We have people that have jobs. We have people that don't have jobs. We have people that have jobs that they don't want. We have people that don't have jobs that they want. And it's just all over the map. But what, wherever each person is in here, I would pray that you would help them to understand the purpose of work as you've created it, that it is not cursed, but but the conditions of it had changed after the fall and that they would see that whatever we do, Father, wherever we go, whatever we do for a paycheck, that we would honor you and that we would see that ultimately that you are our supervisor and that there are people that you've placed around us and Our job at work, the purpose of our life at work is to show others that God is at work in our life. Help us to do that this week. Give us real concrete ways that we can do that, that we can honor you through our actions and our words. And uh, we just wanna reflect who you are in a very practical and honest way. In Jesus' name we say this prayer, amen. We're gonna take communion this morning here at Exodus like we do every week. and.